Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com PHLY Eagles podcast on a dreary but beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Bo Wolf here in studio. Zach Berman, gamer that he is, fighting through it to join us from his home. We have a packed show for you today. We're going to be joined by Fletcher Cox in studio to talk about the big defensive performance, the shutout of the Chiefs in the second half, some plays that he was involved in. And then we're going to be joined at the end of the show by Brian Baldinger to talk about some of the things that the the coaching staff for the Eagles did in this game, what they might have been thinking, what popped out to him on the film, and then maybe a little just preview at the end of the Buffalo Bills matchup to come this weekend. But Zach, you have made it home to Philadelphia. You flew back early this morning from Kansas City. Boy, are your arms tired, and boy, is your chest congested. It's nice to see you, Bo. Looking forward to this show. I admittedly am loopier than I've ever been for a show. Loopier uh, than you've ever been for a show. What about that time that you, uh, I better not say. I, I don't know where you're going with, with that one, but excited for this. Always look forward to, to kind of reviewing the game with, with some time to, to let it settle. Uh, admittedly, um, you know, I, I, I haven't had a chance to, to go through the game yet. I've been uh, traveling and, and trying to, to figure uh, this this uh, cough out, I have enough medicine that like Balco would be proud of me right here. Um, nice. But I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get fight full for... uh, Balco head at the end of this at the end by the end of the show. We're gonna we're not gonna be able to see the work hard sign. It's gonna be just the left side of your of your head. <laughs> so yeah, but no excited and excited to hear from Fletcher Cox and Brian Baldinger. You know the the crazy thing about this week is they have a Monday game. But then it's also Thanksgiving, right? So you're down a day. You're already down a day as it is. And then you're down a day uh, because of Thanksgiving. The Eagles sent their uh, game notes out today. You don't usually get that the day after a game, but everything's kind of in fast-forward mode. This is a Kelly Green game this weekend against the Bills. Uh, So there's going to be a lot of excitement about that, I imagine. 
There are so many ways to mark the passage of time of a football week for fans. And it's so funny that the one that you choose is the game notes are sent as if, as if every fan is individually sent the game notes from the Eagles PR department. No, but I'm, I'm providing perspective that I have, right? Yes. I mean, that's, that's why I'm on the show is, 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 is to give my perspective on things. And that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of the perspective that I'm trying to convey. Okay. Well, the, the perspective you gave last night, and I'd like to give you a chance to, to walk it back if you want to. The perspective you gave last night was that eh, not that much of an impressive performance from the Eagles. They played better in the Super Bowl than they did in this game. Do you feel that same way the day later? Well, like most things, it's nuanced. Okay. This was the second fewest yards that the offense accumulated in the Nick Sirianni era. Think about that, right? Like that, the, the yardage output in three years. And they had some bad games in 2021. They had some bad games with Gardner Minshew last year. Um, this was the second worst offensive yardage output that they had. Um, that said, to go into Kansas City, Andy Reid off a of bye week, the defending champs, Mahomes had, like, I, I did say when Mahomes had, I was like, oh, the Chiefs are going to win. You know, Mahomes, it's Patrick Mahomes. And the Eagles made the stop. Um, the Eagles defense made those stops in the second half that they didn't make last year. So I will amend what I said. The offense's performance was much better in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, the defense's performance was much better this year, obviously. The Chiefs' offensive performance was much worse this year. And whether that had to do with, I mean, presumably that had to do with Sean Desai's game plan and the way the Eagles played. But ultimately, like, it comes down to turnovers. I mean, statistically, the Chiefs were better than the Eagles in almost every category. But the Eagles, the Chiefs turned the ball over twice in the red zone, literally taking points off the board there. Uh, so, in, in you know, once in, in the end zone, once, what, 14 yards shy of it. Um, the Chiefs did not score a point in the second half. I do think it's, it's, uh, it's a credit to Sean Desai that the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs did not score points in the second half of games against him. Uh, that speaks not just to his game plan, but to his adjustments. Because so much of football is like, what's your counterpunch? The Chiefs have their plan. The Eagles have their plan. The first quarter, second quarter, you're kind of seeing it. All right, what are you doing after the break? For the Eagles, and I understand the Kelsey turnover had a lot to do with it. Andy Reid's decision to punt had a lot to do with it. But the Eagles deserve credit. And as I wrote, you can read my, my, my column on allphly.com. Like no one's going to be picking against the Eagles anymore. They are, um, they are the the heavyweights. They are. They can't say people are doubting us. No, they're they're the legitimate best team in football. The record says so. They beat the Chiefs, and that that wasn't just a Super Bowl rematch. That might well be a Super Bowl preview. Mm, nicely said. I think they will find a way to paint themselves as the underdogs sure. moving forward. Uh, you know, the, the Niners are going to come into town and say, we should have won that NFC championship game. They're still going to be talking about it. They can lean into that. They're probably going to be underdogs heading to Dallas just based on the, on the, the spread. So they can use that one too. But yes, um, I, I think, you know, we talked for so long this season about this team is winning despite not playing their best game and all this stuff. Yeah. And you're stacking the wins, you know, you're, you're putting yourself in position to get in, 
better position come playoff time if you can get that number one seed. We all know how important that is. I also think part of the story of the season that might be changing is they stacked those wins while not playing their best games and also inviting some like positive regression to come. You talked about the turnovers. They were committing these stupid turnovers uh, over the first half of the season. And you get a little bit of turnover luck in this Chiefs game. You win the turnover battle. That turns out to be, you know, a big part of the difference in the game. Same thing could be said for red zone offense, right? They were so bad the first few weeks. And in those game notes that you talked about, good good job by John Ganode pointing out that since week six, the Eagles have the best red zone performance in the entire league. They're scoring at about a 75% clip. So, you know, over the course of the season, some of these things even out. And for them to have been able to stack those wins while some of those luckier based things were going against them, maybe they got some some luck reversion coming. Now, that said, you know, we uh, we didn't talk about it in the postgame show, like the uh, the strip sack of Jalen Hurts where he's able to just like bend over and pick it up with one hand. That is a play that you can't necessarily count on. He did a, a similar thing against the Cowboys. Maybe that stuff comes back to bite them at some point. But uh, yes, I, I think results-wise... I stand by this was the the best win of the Syriana era in, in the regular season, not in terms of the complete performance, but in terms of if you are like dialing up the degree of difficulty as high as you can, it would be going into Kansas City on a Monday night against Andy Reid coming off a bye with Patrick Mahomes and a Steve Spagnuolo defense that is playing as good as any defense in the league for them to come out of that game with a win. Uh, it's It's just really impressive. Sure, and it's it's the age-old question. Doesn't matter how you win, right? Because yeah, on the on the surface, you're absolutely right to beat the Chiefs in prime time. Andy Reid off a bye, Patrick Mahomes, all of that. That's the most impressive win. I'm I'm just saying when your offense has the second fewest yards in the Sirianni era, when they only convert third uh, three third downs, I believe. When uh, Jalen Hurts says after the game, that wasn't pretty. That wasn't up to our standard, right? Like that shows you it's, it was the most, I I guess it was the most impressive win. It was not the best they played. How about that? I thought the Dolphins game this year was probably the best they played. Um, The, I thought the Cowboys game last year was a really impressive game. Uh, So I I look at, at a few of, at a few of those games. And and then they had stretches to where like they're putting up, you know, 300 yards rushing and, and, but it's, it's, it's not against the same type of opponents. Uh, but I, I, I I'm, I'm going to go back on, on what I said last night. I'll take a, a, a mea culpa there. I certainly, you know, I was reading some of the comments. I, I certainly didn't want that to be, um, to be like me defending Jonathan Gannon. Like there's, there's no way you can look at what happened in these two games. Like Sean Desai literally kept the chiefs without, uh, point in the second half. The Chiefs scored on every possession in the second half of the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's clear that the defense was significantly superior. Uh, I, I'm just saying, like, the offense in the Super Bowl was... And, and, and by the way, I, I guess I'm using your argument here because I remember doing the post-game show with you, and you said your big takeaway from the Super Bowl was that offense is all that matters. Right. And so if that was your big takeaway from the Super Bowl. And you watched that game last night. Are you a little bit concerned that like, man, this this team couldn't really move the ball. This team couldn't really convert third downs like this team. 
got an explosive play late in the game when Jalen Hurts made a check there, but they they really weren't bringing up explosives. Whereas in the Super Bowl last year, um, it was like um, you know uh, back and forth, right? Uh, explosive, you know, to, to use Gannon's term, pow, 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 right? <laughs> explosives, all, pew, pew, ex- pew. Yeah, explosives all over the place, right? Uh, so big guard, huh? <laughs> so I, I guess I guess I'm influenced by you here because I I just think a game when the offense was not as 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 good as it needed to be like was inadequate. Um, I can't say is like their most impressive performance, but certainly their most impressive win when you consider the opponent, the circumstances, and the venue. Well, that's that's a good setup, Zach, because I, I do want to transition into like like let's get into sort of the the Negadelphian of it. Um, you know, this this team is the has the best record in football, right? The some of the advanced numbers peg them a little bit more like the fourth or fifth best team in terms of point differential. You know, they they are pretty far back from the Niners and the Cowboys and the Ravens. They have played a more difficult schedule, uh, and so you have to factor that that into account, but. In terms of the things that worry you moving forward, uh, what jumps to mind, and, and, and I can start on offense, I, I, I think, and this is actually both sides of the ball, uh, we talked about this in the post-game show a little bit, it is, uh, we are so accustomed to the Eagles dominating the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Now, against the Cowboys, the Cowboys offensive line pushed them around a little bit. And so this is now two games in a row where the vaunted Eagles defensive line has looked good, but not special. Uh, they have gone up against two very good offensive lines, but, but it's a little bit different. Now, uh, there's some, some, you could talk it away as like a lot of holding calls were not being called in this game. It let them play to some degree, but on the offensive side of the ball, maybe you can explain it away by saying uh, Cam Jurgens is coming back into the lineup and there were some communications issues. Maybe that, you know, maybe Jalen Hurts coming off the bye is not seeing the picture clearly, but the, the protection last night and Hertz's his willingness to sort of uh, get out of the pocket was not ideal. And I also think, you know, it took the, the, the Chiefs were able to sort of take A.J. Brown out of the game. And Devontae Smith has a very good game. But other than that, I mean, DeAndre Swift was explosive as, as, as a receiver at times. But like, are we really? I'm sorry, is Julio coming? I don't think so. And he played a ton of snaps last night and did not do much. I think there are uh, there are reasons to be concerned a little bit, but I also think it's you you were going up against a very good defense coming off a bye. Uh, I'm not I'm not super worried about it. What what worries you? I wouldn't say things worry me. It, it, it's it's that they're not like it, look. This is what's the expression? How it uses caviar problems or like yacht problems, right? But that they're not blowing teams out, right? That every game is they they need to kind of come back or or they need to hold the lead. Last year they were juggernauts, right? There were games when when they were just running the ball in the whole second half because they had double digit leads. Uh and I think that that part of it is hold on. I'm I'm going to pull a point differential here because you you know I have I, it in front of me actually. They are at uh they are at 61 is their, their positive point differential. The Cowboys are at 127, nearly double them. The 49ers are at 122, exactly yeah. double them. And the Ravens are at 127, more than double them. Buffalo is actually fourth in the league there at 104. Yeah, so 
that to me would be the biggest reason for concern. Like I agree with Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni that that's a resilient, gritty team, and there's something to be said about knowing how to win. And there could also be like an early 2000s Shaq part of this where like just just win games during the regular season but then really put it on in the postseason. Um, but yeah, if there's any reason for concern for me, it's it's that like they're not they're clearly the best team in the NFL based on like the record, the quality of their wins, like the 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 win over Chiefs, the win over the Dolphins, the win over uh, the Cowboys, the win over the Vikings. Those are all playoff bound teams. Right. Um, they have a, they have a, a win over a six and five team, yeah. a win over a seven and three team, a win over a six and five, uh, another seven and three team. And as you said, Kansas City, another seven and three team like they, they have wins over very good teams. And so I I get it that it's like it's it's asking a lot to say, why aren't you blowing teams out? Right. Why aren't you ending games in the third quarter? Um, so but they did that last year. And some of these other heavyweights are doing that this year, uh, as the point differential suggests. Right. So it's 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 just when you're always playing in, in close games. I do believe it builds up those calluses. It builds up kind of that that toughness to know how to win. But those breaks don't always go your way. Like sometimes, you know, when when you knock the ball out of Kelsey's hand, the Chiefs recover it, and then they're just in position to score again. Or when Jalen Hurts gets sacked, he doesn't pick it up. The Chiefs do. They run it in, and it's a it's a two score lead at that point, right? So there's like there's there's so many things you can look at where you say. Like they're surviving, they're surviving, and they're they're not necessarily like blowing teams out, and you don't have to do that, but that would probably be the biggest concern. Yeah, I, I think like this is a this is a, a nuanced one for you where where multiple things can be true. Like it's not uh, like the point differential is a is a minor concern, but you know, as someone who would argue against like the Vikings last year when they're 11 and 0 in one score games, well, they're also playing a very easy schedule. The other underlying numbers do not like the other numbers support them as being like the 20th best team in football instead of this case where we're talking about like, are they the best team or like the fifth best team? And if the fifth best team is put in position to get to have a first round bye and play at home for potentially two playoff games, then they can be the best team in football. And so they, they are setting themselves up well um a few other things we'll get to in a little bit zach but for now let's talk about uh let's talk about hero bread because mm. i know that like you're uh, you're not feeling so good right you, you might not want to have a full heavy meal but maybe something just to sort of satiate you and and keep you nutritious you know everybody's sick you want a little nice piece of toast well how about some hero toast zach mm. because the taste and texture of this bread is soft and fluffy and delicious it's primary nutritional interest. It's high fiber and or ultra low net carbs and under zero grams of sugar. Discount code for purchase is PHLY for 10% off at hero.co. It's got fewer calories than the leading national brand, five to 10 grams of protein per serving. And right now, Hero Bread is offering the PHLY fam 10% off their first order. Just go to hero.co and use our code P-H-L-Y to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today. And so, so it's it's wheelhouse cards now, right? Uh, it is, Zach, but I'm trying to give you a, a minute off no. if you'd like to rest your vocal cords. No, 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 because I owe them a mea culpa here, okay? 
I was spending all of last week's read saying I'm going there on Saturday. And then Saturday I was not in good shape. Uh, did not end up going. Uh, and re- I promised Reed we'll be back. Okay. To get him cards, trade cards on their next trade day to get him that winter hat. And you can do all these things at wheelhouse cards because wheelhouse cards is our go-to sports a sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Topps, Chrome Baseball, and Mosaic Football, as well as t-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell & Ness, 47 Brand, Junk Food, Starter, and Shy Vintage Sports. Looking forward to grading your sports card collection. Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Stop into either of their stores in Westchester or Wayne. Open seven days per week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY and get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in-store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. Zach, do you notice my uh, my hoodie here? Yes, Coach Flynn. Coach Flynn, what, you know what they did this weekend? And how did you tell me? Marched into Franklin Field, got that dub. Coach Flynn, I believe, 10-0 at Franklin Field all time. So uh, suck on that. I mean, I... Suck on that lozenge. Coach, I respect Coach Flynn immensely, okay? I also... There's a butt work, coming here. I work for PHLY, not PRN. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, PRN? You don't work for porn? Yeah. <laughs> no PRNCT or whatever. I'm, I'm, I was trying to come up with what a Princeton acronym will be, but no, I, I can't rip on Princeton. First off, I love Princeton. Great place to go. Number one. Number two, um, much respect for their football program. And you know, excuse me, made made the best team win, and the best team won. So there you go. All right. Uh, now, Zach. Earlier today, we had our friend, our colleague Fletcher Cox, stop by the studio. We're going to show you that interview now. I think really interesting insight on some of the the key plays in this game and Fletcher Cox sort of leading the charge at halftime. We're going to talk about that. Talk about the Jalen Carter near spike interception. Fun stuff. Let's watch that now, and then we'll be back on the other side. Welcome back to the PHLY Eagles podcast. Bo Wolf joined now one day later. By Fletcher Cox after yesterday's last night's big win over the Kansas City Chiefs. You took the plane back. You got what, like two hours of sleep, and you're here with us today. What a what a roller coaster for you. A few hours of sleep, yeah. I think I rode in the house at about 5 30. Uh, but um, you know, when you're, you know, committed to things, you gotta kind of sacrifice a little sleep. And uh, you know, it was really special to be a part of this. So got a couple hours of sleep and I'm here now. Uh, I'm happy to be here. So uh, what's going on with you? Not too much. I mean, yeah, I like I like to think I'm a dedicated employee, but you're 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 showing me up a little bit here, so <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about um, halftime because you know you guys are down seventeen seven. There's this perception I think from the outside that like halftime adjustments are like everybody's in a big circle for fifteen minutes and talking through like what can we do differently. When I, I think the reality is it's it's much more of a frenzied time. You guys obviously did improve in the second half. No points allowed. But I know that, that you sort of spoke up at halftime. What was that like? What, what did you say? Well, I mean, just halftime, you really – you don't have a lot of time. Honestly, most guys got time to use a bathroom and um, – Like change if, your cleats or anything? It's, it's like You really don't have a lot of time to do a whole lot. I mean, uh, unless you just run in and kind of knock a few things out before we, we get together as a group. But um, I think the biggest thing was, uh, you know, is we knew we were. 
you know, we knew had we you know we, we knew we had gave up you know some uh, ten points in you know a short amount of time, and uh, we kind of knew where 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 we need to stand. You know, it was uh, halftime uh, after we went over everything with the coaches, and you know knew that problems we had to fix. Um, it was, um, you know, I broke the team down at halftime, and I told them, "What'd you say?" I'm a real dude, and I tell them it's gut wrench time. You know, just you know, check your gut right now, because we we put ourselves in this hole. Let's see if we can dig out. Let's find out who we are as a team when we're down. Uh, you know, um, at half, and uh, everything isn't always, you know, sunshine, and you know, um, so. It's part of being in the league, and uh, I think the guys did a really good job of responding. Is that, like, the mechanics of that? Are you, like, do you tell coach, like, I got something to say? Is it, like, everybody's looking to you anyway? How does that, how does that work? At a time like that, you need a guy with a C on his jersey, honestly. You need a guy that's been around, that's been in, in uh, that's been around and been in, in dogfights like that against really good teams on the road, right? Um, and, uh, you know, I felt at the time my voice was needed, and uh, the team responded, and, and and that's the things that you want. That's the stuff that Howie and, and, and Sirianni is building in, um, in, in that building. Um, you know, in the organization. So you know, obviously everybody responded. And the most important about a part about it is nobody flinched. And, and that's what you want from, you know, from a really good ball team. Is that for you? And, you know, you talked about it. It's like this, this culture that has been here for a long time, right? It's part of the reason that you and Jason and Lane and BG are all still here, right? To carry on that, that foundation. Is there a part of you that's like, I mean, you guys are already eight, eight and one at this point. You know, this is a good team, but is there a part of you that's sort of, curious about some of the new guys you want to see how they respond to, to this kind of adversity even the older guys you want to see how they respond because my biggest deal is you know um and and i live by this so much and i tell any coach um the calmer you stay the calmer we stay and that's that's true to believe you know if, if we had guys like myself and bg and slay and lane jalen aj and you know smitty any of those guys you know if anybody would have been in that locker room um, at halftime, you know, snapping, going off, yelling. Well, that don't help the young guys, mm. you know. Um, but everybody was calm about it because the calmer we stay, the calmer they stay. And, you know, that, and, that, and that's really a big thing that I live by. It's so interesting in contrast to, like, Sirianni being not calm on the sidelines, like in the middle of the game, you know, yapping and, and celebrating and stuff. I imagine in the locker room he is he is calm. You know, absolutely, because, you know, he, he, you know he's, he's a head coach that everybody loves to play for. You know, uh, we we all love playing for him. Um, he's a player's coach. We have fun with him. We know how serious this this, this game is to him, um, and how bad he want to win. And 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 that's why we always have his back. You know, no matter how, you know, excited he get on the sideline. You know, I even celebrate with him a lot on the sideline. Uh, you know, third and one, fourth and one. I know we're running the, you know, um, Snoopy as everybody knows. So okay, uh, yep. it's, it's one of those deals. Now, in terms of like what actually changed at halftime, first half they run for over 120 yards. We have not seen you guys get run on like that pretty much all season long. I think it was six yards per carry in the first half, 4.7 yards per carry in the second half. You, you sort of tightened things up a little bit. Did anything change mechanically up front? What, 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 what nothing changed. That? I don't think nothing changed. You know, I think that, you know, coming off the bye, you know, you really haven't, you know, put the hard plastic on anyone in, in, in some time. And, you know, and that kind of shows up, you know, um, and, and after, after, after a bye, not doing a whole lot of hitting. But, you know, that's something that, you know, we know that we can be a lot better at. We know um, as a defense, teams don't run the ball on us. We got to get that identity back. And I think that everybody will open their eyes, notice it, and uh, we'll get after it. Now, in terms of just like the the difficulty of this game, going to Kansas City, playing against Patrick Mahomes, playing against Andy Reid coming off a bye, 
like that's as difficult as, as a schedule game gets. So like what makes you the most proud about, about this win? The crazy part about that is uh, both teams was coming off a of bye. Right. So nobody played last week, whatever was already in rhythm. Everybody kind of had to find that rhythm. Um, and, you know, coming off a of bye, it is it's one of those things when you when you don't play, it's, it's kind of hard to to find that rhythm. It's, it's, it's a process, right? It's one of them things where you got to get that game time win back. That conditioning back, you know, yeah, you can do all you want at practice, but that game, those game time situations, um, it, it, it can't affect you. And, uh, you know, in a couple plays yesterday, I was like, man, like had this been two weeks ago, I, I would have made that play because I was running two weeks in a row. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those things that you got to kind of be a pro about it and uh, move on from it. You again played a ton of snaps. I think seventy-three percent of the snaps. So I guess you 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 did show that you still have that conditioning. Uh, what what's so difficult about getting Patrick Mahomes down? You know, you guys had Reddick had the sack on the first drive of the game. You don't get him again. Now the sweat thing will, will get to you at the end because I believe that those should be sacks. I, I'm pretty sure you probably agree. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but what what like what what is so slippery about him? It's a couple of things. Um, I mean, I, you I almost saw him on the sideline there. Probably, I know. I should have him yesterday, maybe twice. Um, but um, it's one of those things, you know, it kind of went back to, you know, um, me trying to make a smart move on a quarterback, thinking he was going to respect it and step out of bounds. But also, you know, knowing that, you know, he's very elusive quarterback and, uh, you know, can make a move. So at the end of the day, I got to get him on the ground um, and, and we get off and we get and we get a chance to um, to line up again and, and uh, you know, make him play. But he made a play. You know, that's why he. You know, he, he, he get pays, you know, a lot of big bucks and uh, got a lot of respect for the kid. Yeah, I mean, he gets paid about as much as anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's right. Um, the the intentional grounding, um, you know, I, I think it's 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 like it's adjudicated the same way. It's the same thing. The ball goes there. You lose it down. It should just sort of be a sack. I think I made this point on the, the postgame show last night. I think when quarterbacks are intentionally grounding there, you know, defensive linemen, you've got like incentives for sacks. They're going to get paid off sacks. I think it's anti-labor. I think I think the quarterback. It's like it's like why are you doing this to your fellow union members? I think that this this that, that rule should be changed. You know, any kind of intentional grounding. I think it should. You know, it should record as a sack. Um, and you know, it's it's one of those things where you got lost it down, whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, um, the guy that's getting there got to be rewarded to, for causing the havoc. And I think Josh did a really good job um, at, at getting there. And uh, I wish it was a sack for Sweetie J. Um, but and another one where the game on the line, we talked about it last time you were in, you guys, you guys make a play. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, again, it's, it, it, it is one of those things. And, you know, it's, um, I'm not a rule maker, so we just kind of play the next down and, you know, uh, just put them in a, a, a different situation. Uh, we get there earlier, rush better and, and get them on the ground. So it is not an intentional grounding, right? Yes. Now, uh, you not being a rule maker, I got to also ask you about the roughing call here. <laughs> To me, pretty you know, pretty tight. I think it. I, I would not have thrown the flag there. You are not known for uh, roughing. You don't get called for him a ton. So what did you make of what did you make of that call? Uh it's is is one of them plays, man. You know, it's uh, either you do or you don't. Um, and I say that to say this: as I had one step on him, and you know that's that's the that's the rule. You get one step. Right. Uh, the quarterback was throwing off of his foot. I mean, he was throwing in the air, and obviously he caught the. You know the impact of me coming and hit him, and you get him in the shoulder first. Absolutely, but maybe the guy, maybe the ref behind sees that the head. Well, go back. it's probably it's, just one of them things where maybe you may have hit the quarterback too hard. <laughs> yes, you know. Um, so, um, as you know, three hundred and ten and three hundred fifteen pound D lineman, I, I, it's hard for me to put on brakes with them full speed. And uh, I play this game full speed the way it's supposed to be played. And uh, I don't think I, I don't think I had a rough in the passer since like. 
2018. It's the last time I had a rough in the passer. Um, I try to. This is not a reputation right call. Yeah. No, it's definitely not a reputation call. You know. And the fact about it, the ref threw the flag so hard he hit me with it. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, absolutely. Does that hurt? I mean, not not in comparison to like it hurts. what happens. Yes, yeah, it hurts because <laughs> I had a fifteen on <laughs> to the the catch. I, I I really didn't thought the guy caught the ball until I saw the um, ref going, and I'm like, man, you moved this show long fifteen yards. <laughs> and everybody like, no, no, he caught it. So I was like, all right, okay, well, you know, my my my, you know, my deal is next play. Let's yeah. go. Like, you know, we got to make it happen. Now, there are there were a few highlight plays for you in this game. One I want to ask you about is let me first take you back all the way to 2012 when you are going through the pre-draft process. You land in Philadelphia, and this is a, this is a throwback <laughs> here because uh, the two of us look uh, look much younger. Look at that guy. But you go, you go to the combine. Sexy. And I think, I mean, I, move over, Jason Kelsey. People Magazine is going to be these two. I was growing a beard out, you know. I did have a Levi's shirt on, which Levi's was probably, it was maybe in, you know, in, in 2012, but who knows? To me it was because I was wearing a shirt. Two fashionable people right there is, is what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Now, so you go to the combine, you are like 96th percentile in the 40 yard dash, 98th percentile in the three cone drill. The vertical jump, like 13th percentile, ah. but we saw those hops yesterday as you're jumping over the offensive ah. line. Let me say, let me say, I think a, a old defensive line coach <laughs> Jim Washburn, the guy that drafted me here, yep. he said, I ain't worried about your vertical. <laughs> so you ain't never got to jump up and down to sack the quarterback. And I was like, that's very true, coach. <laughs> so why am I worried about my vertical? Right. I shouldn't be. Right. But last night? 11 years into your career, you finally needed to jump. Big man got up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. I mean, I, 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 never, I didn't know you had those hops. I, I, was clear, I didn't touch nobody. I cleared them. Yeah. And I was on side. Yeah. I mean, that's. And then the rookie, unfortunately, you know. I got to teach him. A, I got to teach him, you know. I'm, I don't know his vert. Don't know, you know, a lot of his numbers. But I got to teach him how to clear the lineman <laughs> and be on sides. It was beautiful. I'll, I'll take that. I'll, I think you guys can make a trade. He can, you teach him that. And then maybe he can teach you the diving to try to intercept the spike move. Uh, I think those days are past me. <laughs> <laughs> those days are past me. I'm trying to dive under somebody. Uh, my old back probably wouldn't hold up. Okay. Yeah. I'll leave it up to him. Him. I'll leave I it mean, up that to was a heck of a play. He was, he that almost was smart. made it. That was smart. And I was surprised he did it. And it's not, and like I said, it's not a rule in the room. Right. And that's not a thing you guys have like talked about in the room. No, he did it on his own, trying to pick it off. And had that ball like popped up a little bit more, you know, it's probably been a big man pick. Who knows? Well, even because the, there were there was four seconds left. So even if he just gets under it and doesn't pick it, the ball bounces up. The clock's going to run out. They don't get that field goal. That's, that's like, very true. Smart play by JC. Very smart play. Um, what about like the the mechanics of this week? One shorter day. What does that change about anything for you guys process wise? Just got to attack the recovery part. Um, you know, um, we got to attack the, the recovery part. And, and, you know, Nick is uh, really big on sleep. So there might probably be a couple of days where we're coming a little later, try to catch up on it. Obviously, you lose, honestly, let's, you lose today. You know, um, you, you kind of lose today. And it's one of them things where you can't just sleep all day because you want to sleep tonight. And we got, you know, got to go in the, in the building tomorrow. But you lose a day, you try to try to gain that day back, but you never get it back recovery-wise. And for us, it's, uh, we get in the building tomorrow and it's right into a game plan. You know, it's, it's flushed at, well, you know, what we played yesterday and, um, and, and 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 move on because we got a really another really good football team coming um, into into town on Sunday. Yeah, the the, the grind does not stop for for you guys schedule wise. Uh, a couple other things from the game last night. Um, I'm I'm curious about like 
you know, Hassan Reddick is drawing back and forth with Travis Kelsey, right? Like, you know that that's Jason's brother, but you're on the field. Everybody respects that stuff. I'm sure that it's the same thing for like the Chiefs D-line. They're, they're you know, talking smack to Jason. After the game, is it like you come down and you're like, man, Jason, your brother was being an a-hole out there. Like, you guys have those conversations? Nah. Yeah, you never have those conversations. I mean, I think some of those conversations is or arguments in the heat of a moment. Uh, I think Trav had a holding call, which it was a holding yes, call. Yes, it was. So, uh, and, and that on that first drive, that looked like you were you were held, and then you did a, you did like a look. What's going on here? And you didn't you didn't get that. The ref call. said it wasn't enough. Really? Um, but uh, you know, it's, it's just one of them things you kind of play through it, and uh, you know, rather have the holding call or bring that what whatever thirty whatever that whatever that game was um, for us. Um, but, um, you know, I got one later in the game that was very important. Yes. Um, they kind of set them back. So it's, it's just one of those things, you know, um, you get the holding call, you get some, you get some, you don't, um, you respect it, you move on. Do you, uh, like on the, the pass to Marcus Valdez-Scantling at the end of the game, are you able to, like, ha- was your head turned around to see that? Is, is well, your heart in there? Yeah. But, you know, um, listen, Roby made a good play and he was there and Mahomes made a good throw and, uh, he dropped the ball, so uh, that's always in, in our favor. A lot of plays in the football game that that could have gone either way. That's, that could have gone smart. either way. You know that that wasn't the play that won and lost the game. You Do know? you feel like this was, um, like in terms of the complementary football? You guys talk about that, right? And there's there's a, a middle part of this game where the offense is sort of stuck in the mud a little bit, a bunch of three and outs, and you guys are keeping this game within ten points. What is sort of like the messaging on the sidelines? Like we know that at some point. You know, Devontae's going to have a big play or AJ's going to have a big play. We just sort of got to keep in this thing. Stay calm um, and, and give our offense a chance to win. You know, I think the more opportunities we give our offense a chance to, chance to get the ball back, the more the more chances they get to score. You know, obviously both defenses, you know, kept kept their offenses in the game. You know, it didn't get out of hand. Um, you know, they, they, they made some plays. We made some plays. Um, both teams responded. Um, but, you know, um, we just happened to respond more in the second half and, and gain that momentum late into the game, um, which, you know, Hey, we're we're built to, you know, for for always to, to to try to find ways to win the game, and I think that's what's really kind of separating us. You know, finding ways to win. Is that like part of the conversation in the locker room afterwards? Like we're starting to believe that that somebody at some point is going to be able to make make those make those plays. You have to, right? You got to look at the man next to you, left and right. You know, you got to look at yourself, look at the coaches, and know that if you don't flinch. I won't flinch, and we'll try to find a way. You know, does it always turns out? Uh, to, 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 to favor in our way, who knows, you know, but so far it's, it's kind of been, you know, leading in our way. We had a game early in the year where it didn't, it didn't fall our way, you know, close game, you know, we didn't close it out, but, um, here lately we've been finding a way to win in the road. And then did you have a, a moment with big red before or after the game? Saw him after the game. Um, actually, uh, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> um, the, the one play I missed on the sideline, all I hear was good job, big boy. And I, <laughs> and I hear his voice. <laughs> He said, good run right there. And, I, and you know, he got his play call sheet and just kind of hit me on the back. And I was like, thanks, coach. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a throwback. It takes you right back yeah, to, to 2012 like, again. Thanks, coach. But I saw him after the game also, um, um, which is always, you know, much respect for him. All right. Well, uh, Fletch, we appreciate you uh, making the effort today. Great insight as always. We look forward to talking to you next week. Good luck uh, getting the body ready for uh, a big game on Sunday against the Bills. Yes, sir. Go right. Birds. Appreciate it. Back with more on the PHLY Eagles podcast. And you, too, can hang out with Fletcher Cox. All you got to do 
is buy a ticket to the game on Sunday when the Eagles play the Bills. And if you want to do that, you can use Game Time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. The lowest price guarantee, the event cancellation protection, the job loss protection, all that good stuff. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Lowest Tickets, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I can also tell you now about the PHLY Black Friday deal at the PHLY Locker. All the merch that you can get, just like Fletcher Cox was wearing in that video, just like he was wearing in the stadium last night. All that stuff is available on the PHLY Locker. Black Friday deal is 25% off, and you can spend $75 to get a $15 gift card. Nothing better than making money when you're spending money. And you can do that at the PHLY Locker. Zach, we're back with you. Um, nice job in that yeah. interview. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, you, you had a couple uh, grievances to get off your chest. I'd like to give you the floor for that. <laughs> um, well, I, I preface this by saying, like, I, I know no one cares about the plight of a traveling sports reporter, right? It's, uh, you know, we, we live a charmed existence. I, 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 I recognize that, but these are just like two, two, two small things. Okay. The, the, the first was, um, and I, I actually didn't even know I was going to bring this one up. The second one, I definitely wanted to bring up. Uh, so the second one carries more weight, but the first, um, uh, so I, I wait to order my lift last night like when all the uh, cars clear out, okay? Uh, like you could see through the windows of Arrowhead, you know, right. they had traffic for two hours plus. And I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for all of, all of that to clear out. And so I order the lift, and it's probably 1 a.m. at that point. <clears throat> and the lift driver won't come to the stadium. He's at a Taco Bell where he picks up people. And look, I I understand, you know, if you're leaving at the normal time, like this is the pickup spot, right? Um, now, uh, it was, I'm not exaggerating here, like a mile walk. I'm hacking up, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coughing the entire time. I haven't finished my story. My flight leaves in like four hours at that point. Uh, and I'm saying, can you, I'm calling him and messaging him. Can you come to me here? Like the gates are open. And he's like, no, the gates aren't open. And I'm like, there's other cars coming in here. Like there's a guy getting picked up and there's a guy getting picked up and he, and he, and he, and he won't do it. And before the game, I heard from people who were – who drove and parked in a lot where they said they, they had to walk down 
like a, uh, a mudslide, essentially, like a muddy hill. And this was before it was like pouring rain. Okay. So, what a story so yeah. So uh, I didn't quite know what they meant. Well, let's just say at 1.30 a.m., I knew exactly what they meant. Because to get to that Taco Bell, to get to that Taco Bell, I had two options. I could keep walking another like 20 minutes on this overpass, uh, which is like a, um, I think a pedestrian overpass, and then loop around and get to this Taco Bell. Or I can go up this muddy hill. And by that point, after all the rain, it was a mudslide. Um, and so I'm walking up this muddy Would you hill. like a dessert, famously? Uh, and so I, I was – I guess my grievance was that he couldn't just – like every other driver at that point was coming to the stadium. Uh, he, he would not come to the stadium. And now um, – Wait, so what happened with the mudslide? Yeah, my shoes – are full of mud. Like when I like, these aren't just like muddy, you know, in terms of you, you walk in mud, these are baked in or caked in mud, if you will. Um, <laughs> when I got to the hotel, I asked them if they want me to take the shoes off so I wouldn't get their, their carpets all, all dirty. The, uh, I have a picture that I can show you the mud on, on, on these shoes literally enveloped the shoes. It, I'm, I'm not exaggerating about the mudslide thing. Okay. The, um, so I want you to know, I want you to know that, that Julia is cracking up. Okay. Uh, so I get back to the hotel. I finished my story, uh, two Okay. I'm leaving for the airport at, um, four 15, four 25, whenever I can get a ride. Okay. Um, and so I set my alarm for, for four at that point. All right. So I, I, I sleep for like an hour and 20 minutes. All right. Which is look, that's, I'm not going to complain about it. That's, that's normal in our line of work for like when you have a, a prime time game and you get the first flight out the next morning. All right. Um, but you're, you're, you're trying to catch some sleep on the flight. So 30 minutes into the flight, you know, I, I had been sleeping and I get a tap on my shoulder and the guy <laughs> sitting in the seat across the aisle behind me. Okay. Across the aisle behind you. Wow. Yeah. Okay. His hat fell, okay? His hat fell forward. And it was like a little bit, like it, it was, but it was in the aisle. It, it wasn't under my seat. Like there was nothing preventing this guy from getting up and getting his hat. Like typically, all right, I, I get, you know, if let's say, I mean, if your AirPod falls out and it's underneath, you know, someone's foot like in, in their seat. And instead of like crawling underneath them, you know, you, you tap them on the shoulder and ask if they, if they can pick it up. This was in the aisle. So the guy taps my shoulder, wakes me up and asks, <laughs> asks me to pick up his hat. I, I, I mean, you know me, like I'm, I'm very seldom um, like pissed off. Okay. I, I, I try to keep uh, pretty even keeled, um, uh, rational about things. This was ridiculous, and I'm not the type of sleeper who like falls back to sleep easily. Uh, so I didn't fall back to sleep the rest of the of the flight. Um, because, but I'm not exaggerating. This hat was in the aisle. What it took for him to tap my shoulder, it would have literally <laughs> taken two more steps to pick up the hat. And it's it's not like I have you know this this uh, Kevin Durant wingspan. Like I had to to like 
unfasten my seatbelt to lean forward to pick up the hat for him. Um, you know, cause I, so, uh, that guy, I, I mean, look, if you're a, a loyal listener of the show, I'm grateful for you, but this morning, uh, you were the bane of my existence. And of course, everybody's curious. Why, why was Derek Barnett sitting so close to you on the plane? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was, it was, I like Derek Barnett. Derek Honestly, Barnett that is ridiculous. That is, that is outrageous. You cannot uh, wake up a, another person. Yes, like exactly. That. Give me a break. It, for something that's in the aisle. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, that's, out, that's outrageous. Uh, what type of, both, uh, you know what would have solved both of these problems, Zach? What's that? Waymo. <laughs> How so? Well, I mean, the, the Waymo would have come to you, and if you were just taking a Waymo back all the way to huh? to Philadelphia, you could have just taken a, sl- a, a sleep in the back seat of the car. Yeah, that that would have been a far way to go. Um, so, uh, yeah, those I I, I don't uh, tend to kind of share much my personal life here, but I'm on uh, at this point like an hour fifty minutes of sleep, and uh, I figured that I will uh, air my grievances on on this show. Okay, well, uh, before we keep going, let's send it now to uh, Brian Baldinger, who joined us earlier as well. We're going to talk a little bit about the the schematics at play in this game on both sides of the ball. And when Baldy is done, Zach, we're going to talk about whether the Eagles should go after Shaq Leonard and what else is coming up this week. All right, we turn our attention now to the man himself, Brian Baldinger. Baldy, thank you for, for taking the time this week. A, a quick turnaround after the late night game last night. That's all right, Bo. I mean, that's, uh, it's, you know, week 11 is in the books. It's Thanksgiving week. Had a good chance to break it down this morning, kind of go through it. And so, uh, you know, it was, look, they, they had to play in the elements last night, had to play on the road, not easy winning at uh, Arrowhead. Uh, you know, Lane Johnson has played there four times prior to last night, never won a game. It's a hard place to play. It's a hard place to win. And the Eagles found a way to get it done. Yeah, I have, I have like, there have been – several games this season where I have been underwhelmed and you, you sort of feel like it's a win, but it wasn't their best performance. I feel like the conversation this week, like people are having that conversation, but in Arrowhead, as you said, on a bye against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, the team that just beat you in the Super Bowl, like I'm so, you take that win however you can get it. Um, I thought I was, I was very impressed. No, it was impressive. I mean, they shut the Kansas City Chiefs out in the second half. Um, you know, but I, I thought the... You know, the two plays that they made defensively, you got to credit Howie Roseman. I mean, they go and make a trade for Kevin Byard at the trade deadline. He comes in and he picks Mahomes off in the end zone on a throw to Justin Watson. They take points off the board. I mean, that's what Byard has been doing for six years in this league. So, like, that's just who he is. He made a great play on the ball. I mean, Mahomes will tell you that he, you know, he left it short, which he did, but still, Byard made the play, made the read. And then, you know, they pick up Bradley Roby because they don't have a good nickel back. And, you know, he's in there and he punches the ball out of Kelsey's hands at the eight yard line. Nick Morrow recovers the two biggest plays of the game defensively for the Eagles were made by midseason acquisitions. And that's really what they are. They're here to win it all. And all they do is keep building and adding whatever they think is necessary. And both those players came up huge last night. I think that's very well said. And I also think part of the credit for that has to, to go to Sean Desai too, right? For incorporating these guys into the defense, all these guys coming in from different places. We've talked about it before. Um, what did you make of, of the game plan 
from Sean Desai in this game. It seemed like uh, he was a little bit more willing to go after Patrick Mahomes than maybe we had seen him do. And this whole conversation about what do you do against the best quarterbacks in the league, this performance, I thought, was, was pretty encouraging. Well, I mean, Travis Kelsey didn't have a catch in the first quarter. You know, they doubled him. And, you know, on the, on the throw over the top at the end of the game to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they triple-teamed Kelsey. And they left Roby one-on-one with Scantling, and he got behind them. But, you know, Mahomes going to throw it to the open guy. So they took Kelsey away, and, you know, Mahomes threw it to a guy who's got inconsistent hands. It's who MVS has been throughout his career. He's got elite speed. We, people recognize that. But, you know, he drops him and he catches him. He dropped that one, a chance to, you know, go take the lead. So uh, I thought Sean has done a really good job, to be honest with you. Uh, he rotated his defense line and he kept him fresh. I thought they affected Mahomes. You know, anytime Mahomes is scrambling, albeit, look, he gets a lot of first downs, he extends a lot of drives. But if he's running it, that means he's not throwing it. And he's not probably getting it to one of these guys that can beat you down the field. You'd rather see Mahomes almost running it in some cases versus staying in the pocket and having time to find one of his receivers. And then the other thing was, I thought it was interesting that um, on the throw to, uh, I guess it was uh, Watson uh, in the end zone, um, you know, they really, they, they ran the same motion that they ran in the Super Bowl for touchdowns. And yes. Sean decided made sure that they weren't going to run across the formation and that stuff. And they made him go someplace else with the ball. Uh, one, one thing that I wanted to ask you about was the, the blitzes in this game. Well, there were big blitzes being sent by Sean Desai, six or more guys going. The most that he had done in a game this season was three. He did it seven times in this game. If you sort of just think through what he was trying to accomplish on that, what, what's, what would be the explanation for that? Well, you, you're trying to speed up the process of Mahomes and give him less time. Like, for example, um, you know, on the interception. Uh, well, I mean, he's just trying to speed up the process right. of trying to get the ball out quicker and try to get a free hitter to Mahomes where he's got to make quicker decisions, um, you know, and maybe he can't get the ball to the, his star receiver. So I think, you, you know, against Mahomes, you have to mix it up. If you just play all zone and try to keep it in front of you, he'll carve you up. If you try to play just man, and he's going to dial up man beaters. And so you got to mix in the blitzes to try and keep them guessing and keep them off balance, just the way Spags did on his defensive side to do the same thing uh, to Jalen. I, I think that um, so much of the focus on the drops, right, sort of takes away, if you're Sean Desai and you're going into this game game planning, you're probably thinking, I want those wide receivers to beat me because everybody knows those wide receivers are not very good. And so as much as we can like bemoan the drops and say, well, if, if he catches that, the game is different. That's part of the calculus that, that Desai was probably making in, in putting the game plan together. Uh, in terms of the run defense, Baldy, they get you know a big first half for Isaiah Pacheco. They run for over 120 yards in the first half. This defensive line has been so dominant. It has been a long time since we have seen uh, like them lose the line of scrimmage like they did in that first half. What jumped out to you, and, and what, if anything, changed in the second half? Well, first of all, they didn't call any holding calls. So, you know, they have to qualify some of those runs. So, I mean, they just let the they just let guys play. I mean, Creed Humphrey and Jalen Carter, uh, I don't know exactly if, if a bear hug is a legal block, but it's a bear <laughs> hug. You know, but they didn't call it. And then, look, I, I give the Chiefs credit. That interior three of Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, and Joe Tooney, they're about as good as there is in this league. And they, they blocked them up pretty good. 
and Pacheco's a good runner. And so if you try to arm tackle him, he breaks arm tackles. I mean, honestly, they went big on big. Andy Reid, you know, decided to do that in the second half in the Super Bowl game last year, and they did the same thing to the Eagles. Um, now, running the ball like they did doesn't produce a lot of points. You can possess the ball. You can have more plays. You can control the line of scrimmage. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to score more points. I mean, they kept them to 17 points. So while they surrendered, you know, a lot of rushing yards in the first half, um, they didn't give up a lot of points. Well, and they certainly didn't give up any points in the second half. Let's let's flip sides of the ball, Baldy. Um, you talked about Spags. There was this this long period in the game, right, where the Eagles just could not get anything going on offense. Uh, several three and outs. Jalen Hurts seemed a little bit flummoxed. What was what was Spags doing to uh, change the picture and and really mess with the protection? Well, they 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 blitz their corners more than any other team in the league. So whether it was Legarius Sneed or Trent McDuffie, they're coming off the edge. The Eagles didn't pick it up one time, and McDuffie came clean. Karloftis ended up with a sack. Chris Jones, there was a stretch in the game when Chris Jones literally made every play. Yeah. Like probably over, you know, a, I don't know, half a quarter. He, he literally made every play inside. And he, he he could do that, you know. And so I think they were sacked five times just in the second quarter, Bo. Um, but they they survived all those. You know, they, they didn't they, – they threw the interception – they did get the ball fumbled, but, you know, Jalen somehow got the ball back. But other than that, you know, the interception came on a blitz zero. Uh, you know, A.J.'s got his hand up in the air. He sees there's no safety there. And, you know, it's LeJarrius Sneed in coverage. And, you know, Jalen, look, I, nobody can nobody can see exactly what Jalen's seeing when a sea of red is just coming out of it. And so, yeah, you'd love to, if you had to do it all over, just throw the ball to an open patch of grass, let A.J. go get it. But it's not, it's not always like that. It's not always just a clean picture. So they had a shot there. They could have burned them. They had a good play on to beat it. It just wasn't the right throw. But, you know, Spags came after them in a lot of different ways. And the pressure affected the rhythm. It affected their passing game. Um, but yet, you know, when it came time to it, they made the big play down the field to Devontae Smith, you know, to basically give him the game-winning drive. And – they converted their deep shots, and Kansas City didn't convert any of theirs. It, it's it, it's interesting. The you know the Eagles put so much focus on stopping Travis Kelsey, limiting him. They did a good job and made everybody else beat them. They weren't able to do it. The Chiefs, even while sending all that heat at Jalen Hurts, obviously were, were putting a lot of focus on stopping A.J. Brown. They were able to do that, but because of Devontae Smith, the Eagles able to, to make the big play. Was there anything specific that the Chiefs were doing to, to stop A.J. Brown? Well, on the, on the throw to Devontae, I mean, that's what we call a spray fade from the slot. They doubled A.J. Brown. They doubled him from, you know, from the corner and from, you know, the inside linebacker. So they bracketed him, and they left Devontae one-on-one. And Jalen did exactly what he should do. He should throw it to the open receiver. And, you know, Devontae got behind Mike Edwards, and Jalen threw maybe the best ball by any quarterback all night in that, in that throw. You uh, you know how it is in Philadelphia, Baldy. You know that even though the Eagles are nine and one, people are upset about uh, Brian Johnson. They're they're saying what's going on here. I, I wonder if you could explain like the, the the focus on the wide receiver screens, the way that this game was going. What is going through Brian Johnson's head in thinking that that's where they have the the advantage on those those play calls? Well, first of all, the Kansas City Chiefs have as good a defense as anybody in football. So Spags has great corners. He's got fast linebackers, and he's got a disruptive defensive line. 
Like, nobody is moving the ball, and nobody is scoring a bunch of points against Kansas City uh, all year long. I mean, they're, they're off, their defense is better than their offense. So you have to credit some of the things that – and then Spags has won three Super Bowls. Like, he knows how to deploy these guys, and they're the youngest defense in football. So, you know, you, you think, all right, well, you got all this firepower, um, you know, at the defensive line position, let's get the ball in the perimeter as quickly as you can. Like, there's one play in the game, second play of the game, like, I don't know what the play was supposed to be. They handed it off to DeAndre Swift on an outside zone. They didn't block Chris Jones, and they ran everybody else on a wide receiver screen. And so sometimes I just think there was some miscommunication on some of the plays, uh, either how they ca- came in or how they were called or how they were communicated. And that can happen at Arrowhead in those kind of you know places on the road like that. Last one before we let you go, Baldy, uh, just quickly turning our attention to the Bills. What is your sort of 10,000-foot view on, on what has been going wrong with them this season, why they are where they are? Well, they've turned the ball over way too many times. They might, they might have turned it over more than any other team in the league or at the very bottom. So the turnovers have hurt them. They're running the ball really well right now. Uh, and so that's, that would be my first concern is how well they're running the ball, especially after what we saw Kansas City do in the first half. Uh, and then they've had injuries on defense, but, you know, former Eagle Rasul Douglas is starting at corner for me at two interceptions last week. Um, he's playing really, really well. He's a good corner. Um, you know, they had to overcome the loss of Matt Milano, and Von Miller doesn't look like Von Miller right now, but that might change. Uh, but ultimately, if you get Josh Allen moving, he can wow you with great hero-type plays that almost nobody else can make, but he also can turn the ball over. And so right now they're struggling in that department. And uh, that's what that's why they fired their offense coordinator uh, last week. And we'll see if things get corrected this week. You couldn't really tell against the pathetic Jets uh, performance last week. Well, if you like this insight from Brian Baldinger, the good news is you can get a lot more of it on the All right. NFL podcast with All City. Check that out wherever you listen to your podcast. Baldy, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next yeah. week. Thanks, Bo. Yep, I'll talk to you after I'll be here for this game Sunday in Buff- uh, against Buffalo, so I'm looking forward to calling it. Thank you very much. Yep, you bet. Good stuff from Baldy, as always. And before we move on to Zach, let's talk a little bit about FOCO, because FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. Just look right behind me. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season, so they've got overalls, they've got hoodies, they've got hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. They have hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has your back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY for 10% off. And yes, as Khalif says in the chat, make sure that all of you are liking the video subscribing, all that good stuff on YouTube. Uh, Fun show today with Fletcher Cox and Brian Baldinger and the man himself, Zach Berman. Zach, how are you holding up? We're we're, we're almost at the end. You you can almost rest your pretty little head on a pillow. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I haven't seen my daughter yet, so I'm excited to see her. So uh, doing well, doing well. Okay. Uh, a few things here uh, that I touched on with Baldy. I want to tell you just a little bit about like the, the defensive game plan, having not been able to actually watch the film yet, but looking at some of the numbers, some of the things that Sean decided in attacking Patrick Mahomes, this was their season high amount of man coverage 
uh, in a game this season at 43%. As I talked about with Baldy, they, they sent big blitzes in this game. This is like the, there was a period where Jonathan Gannon was doing this, where he wasn't blitzing often, but when he did blitz, he was blitzing big. Uh, the Eagles had seven blitzes of at least six pass rushers in this game. Three of them were successful, but it, they, they were uh, successful in getting the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands quickly. Even the plays that were successful were like seven-yard passes, eight-yard passes, with the lone exception of that really nice pass to Justin Watson uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, otherwise, it was Patrick Mahomes' like lowest net yards per pass attempt of the season at, at 3.9. Uh, they did a very good job in in... Uh, limiting the big plays, obviously the Marquez Valdez Scantling pass accepted, or I guess if you include it if you want. And it was also Mahomes' highest scramble percentage of the season. We talked coming into the game that he was second highest in terms of scramble percentage in the league. He was way over that in this game, uh, in part because the, the pass rush was flushing him, and also in part because they, he didn't have guys to throw to. Yeah, I, I look at that like, um, you know, this is... This this gives the Eagles uh, a baseline to to build off of in 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 in, in future weeks as well. Like if if you just think about, um, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, um, sorry, I I I received a a a text that I was that I was looking at. Can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, let's. I, I was just gonna run through a few from the personnel yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, we saw some of the uh, heavy dime in in this game. We saw and also some heavy nickel, some some three safety nickel packages. It was Bradley Roby for the most part in the nickel, but he did still rotate. Uh, Sidney Brown and Eli Ricks were often on the field together in the big nickel packages, and then we saw some dime with uh, one linebacker. And also, as Deniz pointed out on Twitter, uh, the first time we've seen the like NASCAR three defensive end, one defensive tackle package. In the past couple seasons, didn't see it at all with Jonathan Gannon. It's kind of a little bit silly that we didn't only only in the fact that we know that Brandon Graham is good rushing from the inside and they never took advantage of that. They did do it for a few snaps in this game, um, but he continued to rotate guys. The, the Kevin Byard play you and I have not talked about, you know, yeah. he allowed the, uh, the the touchdown on the first Chiefs touchdown drive, but uh, made up for it with the play uh, later in the game. The Roby play you talked about. I thought the linebackers were okay. Uh, Cunningham, that one play he makes where he's sort of stuck in no man's land on that final drive, and then you see those long arms come in handy when he when he gets to knock the ball away. That was a nice play. Um, otherwise, I, I I didn't think too much stood out personnel wise. Nolan Smith played like four or five yeah. snaps again, just not a factor at all on defense right now. Yeah, and I was a little surprised by by that too. I thought coming after the bye, he would take on. A bigger role. Clearly wrong about that. I bought the stock last week, not not stock I I should have purchased. Um, and uh, I, I know there were questions about Reed Blankenship's offensive snaps. That that was um, you know in the kneel down situations there. Uh, but in terms of formations, I I think what jumped out was was simply the the um, the use of 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 zero person you know of like zero one personnel right uh, uh, or, or or I'm sorry of not having tight ends on the field, um, but having, you know, four receivers, one running back, um, or having two running backs, three receivers, like they were more creative there in Goddard's absence. I came up with a new Reed Blankenship nickname before the show today. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Troy Palameo. 
Okay. Troy Palomeo. Can you explain that to me? Okay. So you are familiar with Troy Palomalu. Yes. Okay. So this Reed Blankenship plays the same position, um, but he is a white man. And so mayonnaise is often used, Zach, as a uh, connection, a descriptor yeah. of white men, right? So Troy Palameo instead of Troy Palamalu, I think it works pretty well. Yeah, I mean, every nickname seems to, like, bring up Reed Blankenship's race. Like, like, why can't he just be viewed as, like, a good football player independent of his race, you know? That's a good every, nickname, actually. That should, we, should, we should make one of those T-shirts, just a picture every of, of Reed Blankenship's face, and it says, a good player independent of his race. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, good football player independent of his race. Yep. Yeah. Or Troy Palameo. Or Troy Palameo. Okay. Uh Let's let's let the audience decide. I I can't see the comments like I I can when I'm in studio. And I apologize uh, for for that before I I was receiving a, a message from my doctor. The one thing that you should know from the comments, Zach, uh, people really like the the color blue matching your eyes. They're they're enjoying the Berman eyes tonight today. Uh, is Emily watching? Uh, so I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate. You better that. you better pump those steroids as much as you can, my friend. <laughs> All right, that's. Let's. I'm sorry for that previous question, um, but I, you, I am, I am in this. I, right, I am, last question. I am last, this. last thing I want to discuss because people are interested in this, Zach. The uh, Indianapolis Colts uh, releasing Shaq Leonard. He is subject to waivers uh, because he's a veteran released uh, after the trade deadline. Do you expect? Do you think the Eagles should have? Will have interest? Well, I, I wouldn't claim them off off waivers because, frankly, where the Eagles are in the waiver claim, anyways, like yeah, they're if, dead last. If, There's absolutely no reason yeah. for them to put a claim in. So if, if because you're then clear, you're because then you are subject to having to pay the six million dollars over the course exactly. of the rest of the his season. If you think that he is interested in coming to Philadelphia to ring chase, you don't put him. You don't put the claim in, and then you try to sign him, and you're only paying whatever the offset is. Yeah, so so there's two ways of looking at this. Nick Sirianni was present for Darius Leonard's best seasons, okay? Uh, now, Shane Steichen's present for Darius Leonard's worst seasons. Like, the reason they waived him is because he wasn't really playing for them. Um, so, but he's, 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 he's not particularly old. The Eagles do have a definite need there. We don't know when N'Kobe Dean's going to get back. Yeah, I would say if he clears waivers, um, that's definitely a move that I would – I, I mean, what's what's the downside at that point? Who's he? I know you love Christian Ellis, but like they've been elevating yesterday, baby. Yeah, they've been elevating Ben Van Sumeren as you know as the special teams fourth linebacker here. Oh, uh, we don't know if or when Dean's going to be back. You have Morrill and Cunningham. Why not Darius Leonard? Right? Why not see if if you can get lightning in a bottle? Yeah, I think this is a like if he's interested in coming here for uh, the veteran minimum and he wants to earn a role, that's fine. There's there's no like there's no reason to go out and get him. He's he's certainly more name than game at this point in time. There's a reason the Colts, who are still sort of in the playoff mix, are willing to just part ways with one of the guys who's been like one of their franchise cornerstones. But yeah, I mean, you could certainly do worse, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I I do think that I mean you can say it's it's kinda like Howie going after a name similar to Julio Jones and um you know Adama Kinsu last year, Linval Joseph. Julio's um, coming. But 
you're you're not signing him to be the savior. You're signing to be a depth piece who who maybe is better than Moro, right? Uh, so I would I would at, at least kick the tires. Yeah, I think I think that's about right. You reminded me of one other thing that we like have not talked about at all is the uh, the, the clutch special teams play by Josh Job on that uh, on that final punt and also the dynamic returning of Britton Covey, some uh, some positive special teams plays to highlight uh, from the game last night, although they did struggle a little bit in coverage on Kadarius Tony. Yeah, um, I, I, I thought uh, Covey in particular gave them like really productive yards. I thought the biggest special teams play, by the way, was the Chiefs. Uh, the, uh, now, I, I, I ridiculed Andy Reid's decision to punt it, and I stand by it, but it was a good punt. Like the punt would have pinned them back. The Chiefs couldn't. Chiefs couldn't secure that there. That was the too good play. of a punt. Yeah, yeah, too good of a punt. I suppose. Yeah. Well, I just you know if you're if you're that close, there's no reason to to cut it that finely yeah. to the one yard line. If you, I mean, if you're able, yeah. you know, yeah. land it at the four or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think that's well said. All right, Zach. Uh, I want to let you get some rest. I want to let our our listeners and uh, viewers get some rest. I want to let everybody uh, have a chance to go out and trademark Troy Palomeo, see who can get there first and rake in the cash. So uh, we'll, we'll let everybody do that. We are back tomorrow at, I believe, 11 a.m. Stay tuned to our Twitters just to make sure that that is the case. But uh, we look forward to getting in a little bit more to this Bills matchup and uh, Thanksgiving week. So plenty to be thankful for, Zach. Most of all, the power of modern medicine on your part. For sure. For sure. Enjoyed the show. Thank you for accommodating and great job on the interviews. Hey, thanks. Uh, I'm mostly proud of the interview of you. <laughs> thanks, Bo. Thank you for, uh, for being so game. Thank you to everybody for watching and listening. Thank you to Fletcher Cox and Brian Baldinger for all of them and for all of us here at PHLY. We thank you for listening. We thank you for watching. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. Love city like the mayor.